begin reading in verse number 37. John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So we'll just read those three verses this morning and, and um, spend our time, you know, there. But before we get into the message, let's, let's go once again to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, as we bow before you, we acknowledge our need of you. Uh, we ask that you would be with us this morning and speak unto us from your word. Uh, Father, that especially as we, as we come to uh, this time of having the Lord's Supper, that we might truly, um, Father, in our hearts and minds, be able to enter in to that which we are called unto, and that is that we would have it, partake of it in remembrance of him. So, Father, help us as we endeavor this morning to preach the word and that you would speak into every heart here. We pray for Sister Pat as she's in the hospital. Pray for um, Brother Donnie and Sister Galena as they're homesick this morning. Uh, Father, there are um, other infirmities. I know, you know, in our midst, we're thankful to, to see Anita here this morning and she's not been able to be here because of sickness that's been in her household for some time. I'm thankful for JT and Betty to be able to be here this morning, Father, uh, and Sister Joyce to be able to be here this morning, Father, everyone to be able to be here, but but those who, um, you know, haven't been, it, it didn't it didn't turn into pneumonia for for uh, JT and Betty, and we know that's where Sister Pat is right now, but we, we pray for these for a full recovery. We pray that you might be honored, that you might be glorified, that these things might be used in our lives to, to uh, produce uh, that, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, John chapter 7, if any man thirst, come. I think this gets kind of distracting being read right there in the screen, so I'll hide it out of view. Um, but can you imagine the scene? So, what, what feast? I don't really expect you to know, but what feast is happening here? Anybody know? So this would have been the Feast of Booths, right? And can anybody tell me, you know, what the Feast of Booths was, what did it signify? Mm -hmm. Right, so they had these shelters, these booths that they would abide in in these feast days. Um, and so picking up upon what Sister Proba just said about the wilderness, now think about what were their needs in the wilderness? Well, shelter was one, and there they are, you know, sheltering kind of in a tent sort of a setting instead of being in a home uh, that they had they had gained, you know, through, uh, you know, inheriting that promised land, you know, but but here they are in these booths and it's temper. What were their needs out there? Well, one of them was water. You know, one of the needs they had in a desert place, you know, was water. And so these things would have been, you know, in the forefront of their minds. They would have been thinking somewhat in those terms that, that, that God provided for them manna the whole time that they were out there um, and, and, and water from the rock and, and their shoes didn't wear out and the clothes didn't wear out and, and, and God led them through pillar of fire, pillar of cloud. Um, all the provision you know, was, was made you know, by God in that barren land. So some of those things would have been upon their minds we don't know the exact circumstances. We know it's the last day of this feast. We don't know the exact situation, you know, in which the Lord decided, now I will say these words. Now I will bring this up and apply it to me. Um, but we know that, that he did here. But you can kind of imagine the scene. It's the last day of the Feast of Booths, a feast, like we said, uh, pointed towards the wandering of Israel in the wilderness. And the Lord stands up and he cries out. Uh, they were apparently sitting 
I mean, he stood. I didn't say everybody was standing. But there was attention drawn to him, more than likely, just by his standing, if everyone else was seated. And as he stands, he doesn't just speak. It says he cries out. That's what we're told there. It says he cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. I thought about saying that really, really loud because I can speak really, really loud, but I didn't want to you know, be too loud. Um, but we can imagine the Lord was raising his voice. He was projecting his voice. He had something to say. He had something important to say. He had something that he was conveying unto the people that they needed to hear. And you can imagine some of the people that were around him at that time. What would they have been? They would have been, you know, the normal, you know, I was raised in a Jewish household. I'm Abraham's seed. I've never been in bondage to any man. There would have been the, the more severe Pharisee, um, you know, that, that um, you know, would have, would have taken that to the nth, you know, degree about establishing his own righteousness by the things that he's done. Um, and so, you know, you think about enemies in a sense that were around him as he was speaking. And you think about the disciples hanging on every word. You think about those whom the Lord opened their hearts to receive the things that were said. Uh, so we have all of this that's, that's surrounding what the Lord is saying here when he says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And so as we, as we think about those words and we think about what we're doing this morning, we think about this that is set before us and we have the bread and we have the cup um, and you, know, you think about what Christ is unto us uh, because we know our need of him um, and we do, we have thirsted, we have tasted even and he is satisfied and we don't have to go to any other fountain um, and we don't have to walk up, you know, some number of steps on our knees until they're bloody. And we don't have to, you know, spin a prayer wheel around and around and around and around and around uh, thinking that all of these things we have to get, you know, God's attention somehow. No, God has given us his son to get our attention. Uh, we have a need of Christ. And so those who drink from this fountain, which is Christ, receive lasting satisfaction. Are you satisfied? Those of you who are in the Lord, are you satisfied with the Lord? Are you satisfied with what the Lord has done? Do you, do you think there's something that you have left to do? If there is, you better get busy. You know? If there's sin that you're going to have to atone for, so I don't know how you're going to do it, but you better get busy. No, he's, he's that one and complete and perfect sacrifice that we were hearing about this morning. There is no need. He is the high priest. There is no more sacrifice. Um, we're complete in him. But lasting satisfaction for ourselves, but also this, this everlasting life that we have, I'm saying, but also we become a channel of grace to others. It says these rivers of living waters will flow out, right? So we become a channel of blessing to other people around us. By God's grace, an abundant blessing unto others. Am I speaking too fast, Sister Shelby? Yeah. Sister Shelby were, and I were talking yesterday about me speaking fast. Um, she wasn't. She wasn't getting on to me. You know, I was asking her, Can, "Are you able to hear? You know, okay?" Because she mentioned having trouble hearing. Uh, I've already told you I have some trouble hearing, um, but um, I, I have a tendency to speak fast. I have, I have to make myself slow down. And you'll have to remind me because Brother Wiseman's not here anymore to do it. Uh, if I get to go in too fast, you know, maybe we need a sign. I don't know. But what can we do? Slow down? Yeah. yeah. I might think you're talking about the volume, though, if you do that. I don't know. We'll have to come up with something. But um, I can hear Brother Conrad telling me, stop your breakneck speed. Now, he didn't say that to me specifically. But I listened to some messages that he had preached when they had a seminary. 
um, at Bentley, actually. And I listened to those messages. Um, and that's one thing he told all the preachers there. Stop your breakneck speed. You know, my tendency to go faster is because I have a lot that I want to get through. You know, instead of breaking it up into, when we talked about this, part one, part two, every time I preach, you know, um, I have a tendency to speak faster to try to get through the information that I have. But what good is that if you can't hear it? What good is that if you don't receive it? What good is that if you sit there and think, what did he say? Um, what was that? And sometimes I hear that going on, you know, between some. But uh, I, we put an app that we have for the church through Sermon Audio. It's called Church One. If you don't have it and want it, let me know. But I was showing Sister Shelby yesterday how that, and I did discover this morning that it does not have the transcription at the bottom of the screen during the live broadcast because I got on there while Brother JT was preaching. But... If you listen to it later, you can actually see a transcript. It doesn't always understand the exact word that I'm saying. Sometimes maybe because I'm speaking too fast, I don't know. But for the most part, it gets most of the words and they go right across the screen. So if that's something you think would be beneficial for you, then you can let someone know and, and we can certainly help you to be able to get that on your phone if you have one and want to be able to use it. Um, but reading those words that we have here, um, and the Lord standing in the last day, it certainly doesn't escape me that we are in the last days, right? Uh, it's the last days in which we live, and you think about places like Second Corinthians 5, 10, and 11, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. But here's this persuading of men. Here's this last day thought. Here's this that flowing out from us unto others where we are a witness and a testimony as salt and light among those whom we live. Some have pointed, and I don't, I, I don't have anything to verify this, but some have pointed to our Lord speaking these words during this feast with reference to a tradition that took place where the priest would fill a golden picture. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, Brother JT, but he would fill a golden picture with water from the pool of Siloam. And he would return it to the temple and he would take that and he would pour it out and, and trumpets would be sounding and shouting of rejoicing of the multitudes as he poured it out at the altar. I don't know. Like I was saying before, we don't know exactly what was happening when the Lord chose to stand forth in the midst of the people and speak these words, but it must have been at an opportune you know, time where they, they couldn't mistake the reference that he was making to himself in regards to this water. It's, it was said to be a ceremony that reminded them of the blessing of water granted to their fathers in the wilderness, that golden pitcher in the water. When God caused the water to spring forth from the rock, like I said, of this custom in our text, it is not confirmed. So whatever the case, there was a moment when the Lord did stand forth and cry out and say, if any man thirst. It's a feast. People have probably been drinking the whole time. They probably haven't been without things to drink the entire time. It was a feast. You know, it wasn't a fast. It was a feast. And so they probably hadn't. And they might have thought, thirsty you know we've got plenty around to drink um what's he talking about if any man thirst but i ask you are you thirsty are you thirsty how about the woman at the well was she thirsty yeah that's why she went there 
And, and we know that she came at a time of day when most of the other people weren't there. And we've talked about that before. If you've been here when I was going through our studying the Gospel of John, we talked about the fact that the reason likely that she came during that time is because of her lifestyle. She was living with a man that was not her husband. And she likely came during that time because of the ridicule of the other women, the judgment of the other women. And so here she was. But you also remember the Lord said... I must needs go through Samaria. I must. I mean, the disciples heard him. Was, was Samaria some, a place that was typically gone through, or was it by a Jew typically gone around? It was gone around, wasn't it? They didn't go through. But the Lord said, I must needs go through Samaria. He goes, and he's there, and the woman comes, and he asks her for a drink, which she's astounded by. Why? He was a Jew. How is it that you being a Jew ask of me a drink? You know. And the Lord tells her if you knew who I was if you understood you would ask me for living you know, water. Let me just read it. John 4, 4 where the Lord says he must needs go through Samaria then he cometh to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. We don't really have any other information about anybody else being there uh, at that time. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Isn't that incredible? I mean, we're not told about anybody else being there. And we know later the disciples had kind of gone off into the village to get to get food. And the Lord says, you know, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And they're like, well, who fed him? But that wasn't what he was talking about, was it? You know. um, but the incredible part, one, Samaria. Two, there the Lord is. This one person. This one person. How precious is a soul? You know? I mean, this one person is there. And the Lord's come. I mean, Thousands have gathered around him in other places to the point that that he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what are you talking about? Who touched you? There's all kinds of people around you. But that wasn't what he was talking about, was it? Virtue, the scripture says, had gone out of him, and he knew it. But there cometh the woman to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Why? They were mixed, weren't they? They were mixed race. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Yes. Which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Now this is, this is where we're at here in John, right? Shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. The more the Lord spake to her, ultimately she said, I perceive thou art a prophet. The things that you're saying just aren't normal, everyday conversation. There's, there's meaning behind what you're saying. There, there's, my eyes need to be open to what it is that you're saying unto me, uh, or I'm not going to be able to understand. But she was thirsty. And she would get physically thirsty again, wouldn't she? But what did the Lord give unto her? Living water. Living water. Living water. What does that speak of? It's not stagnant pool you know it's 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 like 
a rushing stream. You know, there's there's life there. Um, it's it's moving. There's there's a current. And and don't we see you know there in John about there's a flow that the Lord you know talks about in verse thirty eight. Out of his belly belly shall flow rivers of living water. Right. So there's a a current in your life if you're a Christian. There's a current. You know, the world just floats down the stream of the broad path that leads to destruction. But there's a current in your life. And, it, and it's flowing in righteousness. And it's flowing in grace. And it's flowing in mercy. I mean, all of these things that we could name are things that are flowing through you that at one time were not, if we wanted to think about it as a current, that were not a current in your life before. Now, the current of grace wasn't something that was evident in your life before. A current of righteousness and wanting to, to be holy as he is holy wasn't a current in your life. Wanting to love the Lord with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength wasn't a current before. You know, we can name so many things. It does say here, not just a river, doesn't it? But it says rivers, right? It's not singular, it's plural. Rivers of living water, it says. Do you love the Lord? That's a current in your life. That's a current of grace in your life. If you love the Lord, that's a current of grace in your life. I mean, that wouldn't be there except the Lord had given you this living water. It wouldn't be present. It wouldn't be evident to you or to anybody else. But if you love the Lord, that is a current of God's grace. When you were brought to the place of repentance and believing upon the Lord as your Savior, that was a current, a current that brought you to a place of repentance, a current that flowed the, the whole thought and the whole need and the whole desire to repent. And repentance, we know, is not just an initial work. I mean, that's something that we continue to do, isn't it? We continue to repent. That's a current in your life. That's part of this stream of living water. So is there a moving current of righteousness in your life? Is, is there this constraining influence in your life? Not a restraining influence, but a constraining influence, right? We're constrained. It's not an unwilling constraint, I mean, if we were restrained, that would be unwilling, wouldn't it? If somebody restrains you. Uh, Rebecca was a strong-willed child. When Teresa was in the hospital, I know there was one occasion, I don't know if you can remember or not, but there was one occasion where she was doing something that, that my dad had told her not to do, and he restrained her, right? He restrained her from doing that. She understood. You know, that's not something that you're supposed to do. I don't know if you remember that or not. Probably not, if you can even hear me. A little bit, okay. You can a little bit hear me or a little bit remember? <laughs> a little bit remember, okay. Um, but there's, it's a constraining influence. It's, 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 it's a willing, it's a willful influence. I, 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 if you're a believer, you're like me. I want more of the Lord in my life. I want more of a constraining influence. I, I, I want more of my, my flesh to be checked. And to be restrained. I want to have my foot upon its neck. You know, like you see in scripture. You know, that then that was that was a sign of, of utter humiliation and defeat. You know, for the victor to put his his foot upon your neck. I mean, here you are prostrate upon the ground and his foot is upon your neck. I mean, you don't know what's coming next. You know, but but I mean that's 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 the radical way in which we desire, if we're believers, for the flesh to be dealt with because we want to honor the Lord and we want to glorify the Lord in everything that we do. And it's because of this current that is flowing in our lives. And if you want to think about current in the sense of uh, our current and, and the world's current, we're going against that current, the current of the world. But this current that's flowing from within by the Spirit we're willfully carried along by that current. We willfully want to go along, you know, with that current. You know, we'll, we'll go to New Braunfels or we'll go 
to um, you know Concan, and there's the the Frio River, and there's Guadalupe River in those places, and we'll get in the inner tube, and we'll flow, you know, we'll go with the flow of the current, you know, of of the the river as it goes. Well, this this river that's flowing out from the throne of God, as it were, through our very hearts, it's we're glad to see it. We're glad to see it come. And we're glad to be carried along, you know, with that current towards righteousness and towards holiness and towards loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with hearing the word of God and being a doer of it. Not just a hearer of it, but being a doer of it. We, we hear the word and we say, wow, Lord, I want that to be more of a reality in my life. Or we see a brother and sister who are more loving than we than we are, or they they have some other characteristic, a godly characteristic, than, than they have more of it than we do, and we say, Lord, I'd like to have more of that in my life. That's honoring to you. That's glorifying to you. I'd like to see more of that in my life. Well, guess what? You may have to go through some things for that to be a reality in your life. Are you willing? If you're constrained, you are. No, you're willing. Lord. Here I am. I'm the clay. You're the potter. Do what, do what you need to do. Do the work that needs to be done. Those, those sharp edges, sand them off. You know, conform me into the image of Christ. You know, that's, that's part of this that we're talking about here. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. We come unto him, don't we? We find our rest in him, don't we? Are you thirsty? Is there anyone here that hasn't come to Christ? Is there anyone here the Lord's been speaking to you about your need of salvation? Are you thirsty? What does the Lord say? Uh, you can't come. No. He says, come. If you're thirsty, come, he says. Go to Brother JT's favorite book, Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Are you thirsty? Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters. But I don't, I can't afford it. He paid the price. There's no, there's no price. He says, he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Do you, do you delight yourself in fatness? Right? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about our waist size because I know plenty of people that complain about that. Um, I got a new belt for my birthday. It, it barely, it barely makes it to the first loop in my pants, I'm like, eh, I probably need to lose a little weight. But that's not what this is talking about, right? We delight ourselves in the fatness of those things that we have. If we don't just have, God just didn't give us a little bit. He's given us an abundance. And, and, and he gives that way. If, if you lack things like wisdom, what does he say? Huh? Ask. How does he give? Well, I'll just give you a little bit. It's abundance, isn't it? It's, it's like a cup that overflows. I mean, this salvation that we have in Christ, it is a cup that overflows. And, it, and it's this river that flows through and it spills out onto other people, you know, around us. Uh, yesterday, I, I was on my way to check on Pat. Some of you know about that. If you... I, Brother, I know we talked about getting you back on signal, so you didn't see all of that that went happened yesterday. But she she usually calls Cheryl like every other day, and Teresa had been out there to take her some food, and didn't hear from her Thursday. Which thought, well, you know, Thursday, you know, that's 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 every other day. We talked to her Wednesday, so she'll probably call on Friday. And I think you talked to her. She said, you know, if you call me, I'm, I may not answer because I I just don't feel good. Well, we didn't hear from her Thursday, didn't hear from her Friday. So Saturday, I was like, okay, enough. I need to go see. And so on the way, I decided, I'm going to call the hospital. 
you know, because we may get over there, knock on the door, knock on the door, knock on the door, and nobody come to the door. Am I going too fast? Yeah, I'm probably going fast. <laughs> and so I called the hospital, and I gave the last name, and they said, what's the first name? Well, we all know her as Pat, right? But her first name is Nadja, you know? And so I, they said, we don't have a Pat Waddell. I hung up the phone, told Teresa, I said, you know what? When I gave the last name, she didn't say that there wasn't anybody by that last name. You know? So I got on the tax appraisal district, looked up her address, found her legal name, called back up there and said, I'm looking for Nadja Waddell. We have a Nadja Waddell. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, how many, how many Waddells do you have? You know, but I guess they can't, so much, you know, they can't tell you. Um, but anyway, you know, found out she was in the hospital. She just got something to drink this morning, I think. She didn't have anything to drink. Of course, I know they probably put IVs and stuff in her. But, but she was thirsty. She was telling Teresa on the phone this morning. The nurse came in and said, are you thirsty? And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm thirsty. Yeah. Well, what would you like? We got orange juice and we've got cranberry juice. She said, give me some cranberry juice. But Rebecca went up there and sat with her and and um, got to meet her daughters. Now we got their phone number, so if it happens again, we have somebody else, you know, to call. But are you thirsty? Do you delight yourself in this fatness? I'll go on and read verse number three. Incline your ear, this is Isaiah 55, and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. You think about what he said to David. They'll not fail one to sit upon your throne. They'll not fail a seed to sit upon your throne. Christ came. That was the fulfillment, right? The fulfillment of that prophecy. So he's still on his throne, right? The sure mercies of David. We delight ourselves in that fatness, don't we? Yeah, we, we may, we, we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We all still sin. We all still come short of the glory of God but we delight ourselves in that fatness of being able to come. I'm not saying that we say, let us sin that grace may abound. But when we do, if you sin, we have that advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We come and delight ourselves in, you know, if you want to take that word fatness out and put another word in there, I'll, I'll put it in, this, in these terms, uttermost salvation. We delight ourselves in the uttermost salvation that we have in Christ, don't we? We delight ourselves in that fatness. We delight ourselves in the gift that God has given us in the salvation that is ours in Christ. We delight ourselves in that fatness. If any man thirst, who's going to come except someone that's thirsty? Who's going to come? Only those who are thirsty desire a drink. Only those who have a thirst for the Lord are going to come unto him. Amen. Do you thirst after do you thirst after him? Isaiah 12, 3 says, those, those who have Christ, and you talk about this fatness and talk about this uttermost salvation, those who have Christ, Isaiah 12, 3 says this, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Isn't that a wonderful verse of scripture in relationship to what we're saying? With joy, we draw water out of this well of salvation that is ours in Christ. We draw water for assurance of salvation. Lord, I'm not feeling very saved. Lord, I'm having a really hard time, things that I'm going through. I'm just not feeling like I really even belong to you. I'm beginning to question some of these things. I'm beginning to wonder, am I really yours or not? And I'm, I'm, I may be even saying what I've heard Sister Joy say so many times, Lord, let me not be deceived, Right? We draw this water of assurance from him. Where else are you going to get it? Where else are you going to have assurance than from him? We draw out this water of assurance. And we draw out this water of forgiveness of sins. We draw out this water of deliverance. Lord, I'm in an awfully difficult place. I have need of deliverance. We draw out some water of deliverance. He is our deliverer. We need strength. Lord, I need strength. 
I feel weak. People say weak as water. But you know what? I've seen water cut through steel. You put in high pressure enough, it'll cut through steel plate. But we understand what people say when they say they're weak as water. I'm weak. I could just be poured out. I don't have any strength in me. I don't know. What, I don't have a desire to pray. And I know I need to pray. I don't have a desire to read your word. And I need to read your word. I don't have a desire to meet with God's people. But I need to meet with God's people. We draw water out of this well called salvation. Isaiah 44, 3 says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Lord, fill my cup. It, it feels like it's half empty or half full, whichever you are. You know, I don't know what your personality is like. I'm, I'm half empty most of the time instead of half full. Um, I know we probably got some half full people you know, in here, but Lord, I feel half empty. Would you fill me up? Would you fill me up and fill me with your presence? Would you fill me up and fill me with your word? I mean, I, I, I know that you have these experiences that I have. I know that you're no different than I am. I'll go into a place and there'll be music playing that I heard when I was in high school and I don't want it to be in my mind, but there it is and it won't go away. I said, Lord, take that away and give me something from the well of salvation. You know, not from KR whatever, you know, the call letters of the station are. Um, or H-E-B radio. You know, I don't know what it is. Walmart radio. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. We get the feeling pretty dry sometimes. I will pour out my spirit. Now we're getting somewhere. Right? The Lord deals with that in this passage. I will pour out my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. You know, the image of going back to speaking about the people and the feast and the, the, what the feast was all about, you know, the rock and water from the rock, you know, had to be something that they'd been thinking of, had been spoken about. Moses struck the rock and water gushed forth. So also God struck his son so that we might have that well of salvation. So that these rivers of water might flow. So that we might have the spirit. Otherwise there would have been no water. But because God smote his son. And his son was stricken for our transgressions. Therefore we have life and we have it more abundantly. We don't just have life. We have it more abundantly. We have abundant life. Given unto us by the father. John 7, 39 says, But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. In John 16, it says this, in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you. It's expedient that I go away. The disciples didn't want the Lord to leave. They didn't want to be without him. But he says, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How would they know those things? How would they understand those things? How would they come to know those things through the spirit who would teach them all things? Who would take the things that of, of the Lord and give them you know, unto not only the, the apostles, uh, not only the disciples, but unto us you know, also. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You know, that happens every time we gather. That happens when you read God's word. That happens when you pray. The Spirit takes things and shows them unto you. Takes things and reminds you of them. Takes things and opens them. I, I may not be anywhere in my notes if I'm up here preaching or JT's preaching or you're listening to a message that's preached on the, on the sermon audio or on the radio or whatever. 
but the Spirit takes those things and shows them unto you. This speaks of the blessing of the Spirit in the believer's life when we think about the spring of water welling up unto eternal life. Rivers of living water that flow from within. A bountiful provision. It's not, it's not just a little bit. I mean, I know we, we've talked about the fact of rivers, but if I want to talk about a river in this degree, I think about the Mississippi. I mean, that thing will change course. That thing cuts through dry land and ground. It is indeed called the mighty Mississippi, isn't it? Now, this salvation that we have in Christ, it's not a weak thing. It's a mighty thing. It's not just in part, it's uttermost, the scripture says. It's an uttermost salvation. God says, I will be your God and you shall be my I will put my law in their hearts. And there it's flowing. It's flowing. I don't, I don't sit here and think, you know, I wish I could just tell a lie about everything. You know, I wish I could just steal everything. I wish I could just covet this, have this and have that. Covet my neighbor's whatever. No, there's, there's, there's a river that flows within that says, be content with such things as you have. Be content with what I have given unto you. Be content with your lot. Be content with your course in this life because I am at work. I'm at work in you. These graces, these comforts of the Spirit being compared to living water. Active, quickening principles in our lives that are flowing from within. Rivers denoting more than one. Speaking, I guess you could say, of a, of, of a plentifulness, an abundance, you know, we could say. A fullness in Christ. These shall flow out of his belly. What are we talking about? We're talking about your heart and soul. We're talking about the very essence of your being, your, your desires. Your, your, does your belly desire? <laughs> yeah, there's cookies on the counter at our house. And there's people that walk by them that their bellies desire them, you know. Mine doesn't because I can't have them. You know, I don't want them uh, because I know I'm going to suffer if I have them. Not long term by stepping on the scales. It will be immediate. And so I avoid them. But their bellies speak. And, and, and your belly may be speaking right now. I don't smell any food. I know there's food back there. But a lot of times we smell the food. And you may be able to smell it and I just can't. Uh, but but uh, your belly may be saying Lunch sounds pretty good. Um, but for the believer, our desire is Christ. Our desire is Christ. And he is flowing through us. I mean, through our thoughts, through our hearts, uh, through, through, the, through our eyes when we look upon things. And, and the Spirit speaks to us and says, that's not pleasing to the Lord. And we turn away. Right? Or maybe you, I'd like to have that new car. Lord, if that's something that you choose that I should have and you provide the means for, then so be it. Uh, but I don't have to have a new car. You know, I, I can drive the one Cohen that has over 300,000 miles on it. You know, I know it has a new engine. It's a second engine. Uh, but, but I can drive that one. You know, I don't have to have you know, a new one. There was a time when I thought I did. But some of those things have changed over the course of time because of this river that is flowing through. Some things that I used to think were so important, they are not important anymore. You know, when Brother Bruce was in that submarine at the bottom, I know it's not the bottom, that was bad, but underwater, I'll say that. Oxygen was important, you know. Um, and we need this, we need God's word to breathe in us, through us, uh, out of us, unto others. These rivers flow out there's an abundance that's springing up from within are the pictures that we have. These gracious principles of his word that are, that are really, in a sense, planted there. When I mean, you think about Proverbs, I think it's 423, that out of the heart flow the issues of life. Guess what's flowing there? You know, this, this water. I know the flesh has its, its mind 
you know, about things and, and, and sets its affections upon things. And if it were not for this river that flows within you, it would have its way all the time. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, right? <clears throat> but there is this gracious, gracious principle within this river of living water that is flowing, this spring of grace, this comfort within our soul, producing things like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, goodness, temperance, you know, all these things we are beneficiaries of because of what Christ has done. Proverbs 10, 11 says, the mouth of a righteous man, anybody finish it, is a well of life. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Right? I mean, here we're talking about these things and this water, this living water, and you look at the picture of the woman, you know, beside the well, and it's deep, and, and she said, you have nothing to draw with. And, but, but here we're talking about the mouth of a righteous man, that this water's springing up, you know, from within. It's a well of life. So what a blessing that is ours <clears throat> in Christ in this well of living water, in the spring of living water, this, these rivers of living water that flow from within, which we see as we look you know, at these words. I mean, that we're talking about the Spirit of God you know, within us. That is just incredible when you think about it, isn't it, that God has taken up residence in you, that God dwells within you, that's a picture of this that we have there. This, this, these, these rivers that we want. This, this is God abiding within you. Wherever you go. Doesn't matter where you find yourself. God is with you. He is in you. And I'm not saying that that says that we can forsake the assembling of ourselves together because there seems to be more. The Lord says wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst also. Um, and there seems to be something more there. You know, and don't we realize that? I mean, I, there used to be a man, um, he, he's, he's, he doesn't attend here anymore, but there was a man that, that he found us one day on Sermon Audio and he started coming and he said, I was just sitting home. You know, I was listening to good messages. I was listening to the truth. But he came and, and, and met with us and, and he said, Oh, he said, the benefit to being with the brethren, the blessing of being with the brethren, the blessing of communion, the blessing of fellowship. Uh, he said, I can see the value. I can see what I was missing out on. Um, you, know, for, you know, people will tell you, well, I can worship God on my front porch. You're not getting what we get. You're not benefiting from what we benefit from. I'm not saying there's not any benefit. There are people that they can't do anything else. They may not. They may be house bound. They can't go. I'm, I feel sorry for them. I'm sure the Lord pours out an extra measure of grace in that regard. Um, you know, I, I can feel an affinity and a connection. You know, to some people when they're preaching that I don't even know. You know, there 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 is a a recorded soundtrack of, of when, whenever I went to uh, the Shepherds Conference out there in California, and there were you know six or seven thousand preachers singing. I listen to that all the time. Really, it's my, it's my favorite thing to listen to. You know, part of it's because I was there for some of it. Um, and some of those voices I met, you know, while I was there. And then there's just the whole, you know, thought of having been there and the blessing that it was to have been there and how I enjoyed the time. But more than that, here's 7,000 other ministers of the gospel that are singing all singing together uh, that's there's an affinity in a in a, a um, um, I don't know what word I want to use here there's a bond I guess would be the best word even though I don't know them uh, yeah there's a tie uh, as soon as you said family that's the first thing that comes to mind because there's that hymn blessed be the tie you know that binds our hearts in Christian love uh, and and we are I told Rebecca yesterday because when I called the hospital, they weren't going to let anybody back there but family. I said, well, just tell them you're her sister. <laughs> I mean, if they begin to question it, they're, they're, you're, you're awful young to be her sister. How is that you're her sister? Well, it's in family. You know. 
It's in Christ. Um, stronger bond than, you know, blood, really. But, but um, anyway, um, the believer is a person who has quenched his thirst by coming to Christ, who is the true fountain. The only fountain I know that is satisfied. Everything else didn't. It really didn't. Didn't find anything that satisfied until I came to Christ. The Christian is one who has stilled his hunger. There was something missing. Some people have put it in the terms of there was a God-shaped hole, you know, in my life. And when I found Christ, that that I was longing for, I was worshiping all sorts of things. When I found Christ, that which I was longing for was filled. I was filled. The true bread which cometh down from heaven. Think about Revelation twenty-two seventeen. The spirit and the bride saying, come, come. Let him who is a thirst, or him that heareth say, come. And him who is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The message of the Spirit, it's our message. Come, come to Christ. I can't say that those three words, come to Christ, without thinking about Brother Johnny Carter. Every time he preaches, you're going to hear that at the end of his message. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. He's always calling us to come to Christ. The Spirit and the bright say, come. Let him who hears, come. Let him who's a thirst, come. Take of the water of life freely, freely, freely. So if you don't have that thirst, I would, I would encourage you, plead with you really, to call upon the Lord and ask him to make you thirsty, to see your need of him, um, to grant you repentance and help you to find the rest for your soul that so many of us have found, a rest for our souls. We come to this table not to satisfy a physical thirst, but we come to this table because that spiritual hunger and desire that we didn't even know we had until the Lord showed it to us has been satisfied. It's been satisfied. We come to satisfy the need of salvation that we have. That's why we come. That we might have Christ. We might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, let's, um, let's shift all of these things in our minds you know, that we've been looking at you know, to here and what's before us. Uh, fountain of living water. What Christ has done for us upon the cross and giving himself, becoming a curse for us really, uh, taking our sins upon himself. You know, that, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Uh, that's where we shift our thoughts this morning. So.